It's just us. Just us. Wait, do you do you want to call me back when the baby's done feeding? He's done. Oh my He's god, done. I hear you! Hi, little baby. You hear him? Oh my god. He's just breathing. <laughs> Welcome to your first podcast. Is this his first podcast? Is this his first podcast? Oh my god, incredible. Well, I guess you have Amanda and Amanda and Martine and Henry's in the background. What up, Henry? Hey, Ali. <laughs> do you think Justin, Dustin, and... Um, Justin, no, we're calling him Justin. Do you think Justin and Tanner are going to join? I don't know. Maybe. I forgot about it. and Well, like, I remembered, and then five minutes later, I forgot, and then I remembered again. Should we wait for them? I think um, we can edit it. Hold on. I'm going to call them on my phone. Okay. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Yeah, we just jingle bells for nothing on your clothing. What is that? That's this is you bossing your elves around in Peru. <laughs> I said, don't start recording yet. Obviously. Yeah, that's so great. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, there's a little bit of a high note. I'm uh, trying to update my computer and, like, was put cleaning out my photos. I came across our Peru stuff. Yeah, don't delete that. Yeah, that's a good one. I'm thinking about making some books, like printing some hardcover books. Um, and I lost so many of my Peru photos when I was mugged in Ecuador. Ugh. Those damn teenagers. They weren't even teenagers. They were like preteens. They were like middle school. I was mugged by like they were three feet tall. What? <laughs> How many of them? It was two of them. There were two? Did they have a gun or something? No, no they had posters. They were hitting me with posters. Oh what? Okay, here's the story, and it's it's an interesting story because I feel like if it had not been for this one um, situation or this one piece of advice I had been given that I wouldn't have experienced being mugged or I would have, I would have gotten away. Right. I wouldn't have, yeah. I wouldn't have let, allowed them to succeed. Yeah. What happened was I, I went to Ecuador and I stayed I went immediately to Galapagos and I stayed on, I don't remember which island I was on, like the main island. And I booked some boat trips 
snorkeling trips and I uh-huh. met this German woman around my age. We got along really well. You know, when you're traveling, meeting fellow travelers and you start to like hang out and do things together and kind of plan stuff together. So we left Galapagos and we went to Quito. We were both staying in Quito, um, but we were staying in the same area, but not in the same hostel. Mm-hmm. And we went to Banos together, which is like just outside of Quito. Um, and she told me how somebody in her hostel had warned her about um, the danger of, I'm just going to ignore that sound of Henry falling. That was my bad. (laughs) It sounded like a drum kit. That was my um, pumping pail. Oh. Dropped it. Anyways, sorry. Did you dump all your milk? No, no, no. It's my, like, the where the, or I put the dirty dishes. Oh, I was like, you're pumping into a pail <laughs> like a cow? <laughs> so wonderful. So anyway, so she had told me that somebody at her hostel had given her some advice, and that was that there was a danger where um, tourists were being drugged by people coming up to them and getting them to touch like maps, like asking them for direction or something where they were transferring some kind of substance to these travelers, the paper or something getting them to touch. Right. So it sounded insane to me. And I was like, that's crazy. Uh, But I Googled it and it actually was real. And it, it was real, and it also showed up on the United States State Department website. So what is it? Under warnings for travelers. It basically said that there were these instances in and around the neighborhood in Quito where I was staying, which is like an up-and-coming neighborhood, like gentrifying neighborhood, right? So yeah. you've got some crime there, but it's like the cool, hip place to hang out. Okay. So... So it was legit what she was telling me. I mean, he was saying on the State Department website was saying where travelers were being, you know, accosted and then they would find that they would pass out or they would, you know, feel like they were drunk and they would get robbed or or attacked. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, And so I was like, oh, my God, this is actually accurate, like what she told me. Um, So cut to I go to um i go to this amazing amazing town at the foothills of cotopaxi which is the largest active volcano in the world and i stay in this very serene beautiful mountain hostel everything is kind of antique wood um very peaceful I'm eating soup. It's cold. I'm like all, you know, in this mountain um, zen, right? And I I hike, I go and I hike Cotopaxi, which is, um, which is covered in snow. And I reach the 
you know, like, like tree line, but there's no trees. So it'd be like the snow line. And I get all the way to, they have a chalet, which um, is where they kind of group. And it, it's where the people are going to summit Cotopaxi, like me and get all their gear together and like make the final summit to the top. Um, and so it was a good, oh God, I don't even know how many hours of hiking, but it was kind of like an all day hike. Right. And yeah. as I reached like where it's, it's snowing. So I'm hiking through the snow. Um, it's beautiful. I'm hiking through the snow. I get to the chalet. I, um, I drink hot cocoa, you know, I'm looking at all these photos of, you know, people hiking or summiting the volcano over however many years. And it's really cool experience. And I had checked out of that mountain hostel that morning. And so I returned and got on a bus back to Quito and I checked into this new hostel in Quito and I it was late and I usually would not go out in the dark because I was traveling alone. Um, you know, I, I would just stay in my hostel after sundown. Well, I had gotten there and it was kind of late. Um, it still wasn't quite dark, but it was like dusk. And I, um, I was, I was leaving to go get something to eat, to grab dinner. Cause I hadn't eaten all day since the morning. So, as I was leaving, this guy is sitting there, one of the other guys who was staying in the hostel, and he starts talking to me, and we start chatting. Well, then, you know, he offers me a joint, and we smoke it, and we're talking, and it gets to be a little bit later, and the sun has gone down at this point, and I'm like, I need to go get some dinner. So he's like, oh, right around the corner, if you take a left out of the hostel, get to the corner, turn left, right on that corner is this great place with like euros or whatever. So I'm like, okay, cool. I go there and I'm eating. It's delicious. Just like the guy said, it's kind of like an outdoor seating area. And I have my phone, which has all my photos for the last however many years, including all the photos from the, you know, river. From the yeah. From the trip. And I have been on it all day you know, coming back on the bus ride from Cotopaxi. And so the battery was dying and the battery died. And usually I, ha I was wearing a fleece and usually I would stick my phone in the interior pocket of my fleece, like almost always, right? And like uh -huh. yeah. so it wasn't in my exterior pockets. But this yeah. time, because it was dead, I just was like, uh, and stuck it in my exterior pocket. Then I, I leave and I walk around the corner and I go into my hostel and my hostel's got this metal gate out front of it. So it's like a, um, a wall, like a concrete wall with a metal gate. And then you enter the courtyard and then there's the building that you would walk into the hostel building. Well, in order to get into the gate, you have to get buzzed in. So I press the button and the, you know, the camera is pointed at me and they see me and they buzz me in. And so the gate unlocks and I open the gate and I'm taking my first step in and my hand is on the gate. And as I'm taking this step, the, these two little kids who, you know, maybe like 13, 14, but they're short. They kind of duck under my arm 
and like go into the courtyard. And I'm thinking like, oh, these kids, like they, they live there. Their parents like work at the hostel. So yeah. I step in and the gate closes behind me. And well, I don't know if the gate closed or they held the gate open, but then the kid has this poster, this big poster, and he shows it to me and it's got like greeting cards on it. And I'm thinking like, oh, okay, he's wanting to sell me. And I'm like, no, no. And then they both proceed to start hitting me with the posters. Right? Well, that's so weird. What my instinct would be would be like push them away or like run into the hostel, like yeah. three feet from the hostel door to be like, okay, get away from me, weirdos. You know, yeah. like what the hell are you doing? But because I had been told they were yeah. accosting people and putting drugs on, like, I, I keep using the word drugs. I don't know, some kind of substance, chemical substance or whatever. I am thinking that's what's happening to me, right? So yeah, I throw yeah. my hands up, both my hands up in the air, like my arms up. So they're like not getting my hands because I'm like pretty much clothed up to my, you know, wrists. And I'm I'm yelling, no, no, no. Like, and I, you know, it happened real yeah. well. Then the kid pockets, you know, he pickpockets me, gets my cell phone. I didn't realize he got it. So everybody comes running out of the hostel. They hear the hostel, they hear all this commotion. I'm, I'm, I'm like the crazy American woman. I'm, I'm yelling. I'm just yeah. start ripping my clothes off because I'm thinking there's some shit on me. You know, there's some stuff on me. Yeah. So yeah. I rip. I'm like ripping my sweater, <laughs> my clothes. They're staring at me. Everybody, all the like travelers, you know, they're, they're all sitting there. They're like, "What happened? What happened? What happened?" And I was like, I was like, they put something on me. They put something on me. And they were like, "What? What?" And I was like, and they're like, "Are you sure?" And I'm like, "Yeah." And they're like, "Do you have everything?" Did they get anything from you? And then I was like, at that moment, I just stopped. And I was like, that's what just happened. Like, I just got mugged. So then I grabbed my sweater and my, or my fleece and my phone was gone. And I was like, damn, those little jerks got my phone. And they got two years worth of photos that I had backed up. And then all the photos of everywhere I went prior to making it to Ecuador. So like everything from Galapagos, anything that I didn't take with my GoPro pretty much, or hadn't like posted online, which was most of my photos. That is so, it's sad. so sad. It really is so sad. Cause I got the, I got the phone right before I left for the Peru trip. So that whole river trip and I was using it on the river a lot. Cause I had it in like a waterproof case or whatever. So. So I'm just reading anywhere.com and they say there's a drug called scopolamine uh -huh. harvested from the seeds of the Barunga tree and it's used to drug victims. It can be used in leaflets or phone cards, anything paper. Yeah, so that's that that's it. But that's what I thought was happening. But yeah. if she if I if this person that told her hadn't told her if she hadn't told me then I would have kept yeah. my phone because I had my hands in my pockets I had stuck my hands in my pockets and I only removed my hands from my pockets when I started thinking oh I need to protect my skin 
Uh, I would have protected my phone. Like I would have just kind of shoved past those kids if it weren't for the fact that I was assuming that's what was happening to me. That's crazy. I mean, it looks like it's pretty common, though. This this article says an average of 10 people in keto alone are, are brought into the emergency room each month after being drugged. Each month, wow. Yeah, I mean, I read it on the State Department website. If I hadn't seen it on the State Department website, I would have just been like, I would have probably forgotten about it and thought it was ridiculous. But let me try to pull up. Let me see that. That is just a really weird drug I've never yeah. Like a sedative or it's like something that puts you down. Yeah, I I mean I think I remember people people maybe being like sexually assaulted even. Yeah, it says here that for the past five years there's been a lot of rapes um Albie, there's one other picture of you that i found going through my old pictures that i can't get over and it's from easter in like 2014 when oh we went into uh, the ice sculpture yeah was it a bunny rabbit ice sculpture I don't know, but you're sitting in a golf cart. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I wanted to drive the golf cart, but I think she was driving it. You got to drive the golf cart, but then I had to just sit and be a passenger. And I was like, man, when am I going to get to ride the, drive the golf cart? It's the most yuppie-looking picture I've <laughs> ever seen. I think so we went, beautiful. like, right after we did our pool session. Yeah. Yeah. You look good. Oh man, that was that was fun. Cute. Yeah, I mean, back to the subject at hand, which is getting mugged. Um, I know Henry got mugged too. I don't know if you want to tell that story. I got mugged in Colombia by a bunch of kids. So I guess this is a podcast about people who get mugged by kids. Yeah, I remember your story, but I didn't remember them being kids. I mean, they they weren't that young. They were probably in their teens, um, but they were they were you know they're they were not like they're probably the group was all probably between fifteen and eighteen or so. Yeah. Are you gonna tell us about it or? Good. Didn't they steal your shoes? I was running, and it's a similar thing where I was in kind of like the area where all the tourists hang out in Bogota. And uh, I come in from San Gil, which is kind of like Colombia's. It's like the, where all the white water rafting is in Colombia. And uh, I got on the bus really early in the morning that I'd been on overnight. And I was just like feeling really antsy and wanted to kind of like set my body clock. So I went for a run from my hotel and there's La, La Candelaria is like right below this big mountain. And it's, uh, and so I was like, okay, I'll just run up this road on this mountain as far as I can. 
and uh, there's like these slums, kind of like bad areas that surround La Candelaria, and I think that's what it's called. And uh, I knew it was a bad area, but it was just like a few blocks, and I had to go through to get up to this road that went up the mountains. So I was like, okay, I'll just run up that, cut up through it really quick. And then I ran up the mountain, I was on my way back, and I was like having a hard time remembering where I cut through. So I was like kind of standing on that road. And I was like, okay, I just need to go down through here and that'll be good. And I remember I had to like hop over the guardrail and then like go down this like 20 foot embankment. And then, and, and then there was like this really shady looking street for like 50 feet. And I remember being sketched out being like, oh, this is such a bad idea. But then I was like, whatever, it's not, I'll be through there before I even have time to think about it. And the second I got down that embankment, these like five kids popped out from behind this wall and just pushed me against the wall and I had nothing, absolutely nothing. I had the key to my like hostel room in my waistband and they started like grabbing in my shoes and stuff and they were like feeling around in my sh like shorts trying to find something right. with money or anything and then like shoes. What were you doing? Like, were their hands were all over what? you? Were you just standing there? Were you trying to run? No, I wasn't too... I mean, they had me surrounded. They didn't have any weapons that I remember seeing. But some of them seemed Did like you have your hands up? Like, like did you... Uh, I said something, like, I don't remember really. It was a really oh. quick encounter. Like, they, they said something to me, like... Uh, uh, forget what they said they said something that i remember understanding at the time of just like give it to us um and uh it's, it's you know something like i don't have anything and uh and yeah they it was pretty quick like they kind of checked in my like waistband to see if they had any like money tucked in there and then like they reached in my shoes and didn't find anything and then they're like no spa or whatever like get away from us and uh and I ran back up the embankment and as I was running back up the embankment, they threw my key at me and it hit me in the back and I grabbed that. Oh, okay. I, this is how I remember. I didn't, I didn't lose anything. So I don't right. Know yeah. You just got kind of attacked somewhat. I, I remember that story as they made you take off your shoes and then you, they told you to run and then they threw their, your shoes at you. That's how I remember no. that story. <laughs> <laughs> like you took your shoes off and then they said go and then they switched shoes and there was nothing in it and then you threw they threw the shoes at you and you got hit by your own <laughs> shoes. <laughs> yeah, that's how I that's how I remembered it. There's one other great picture I have of you and Eric um where you have bags over your feet. Oh my god. You look like you you look like a piece of hurricane. Can you send Can me see? any photos you have of us in the jungle? I'll, I'll just turn it I'm like I'm just pulling everything. Um I had all these pictures that I thought I'd lost. Like I and I'm just trying to clean get everything off of my um computer so I can like do a hard reset and update yeah. the OS. And I was like messing around in like this old version of iPhotos I have, and I realized I still had all these pictures that I thought I'd lost. Um, yeah, the old iPhotos. So yeah, I like upload everything to Google Photos, and I'll just make an album. Yeah, because I lost everything from Peru, other than my GoPro photos, 
And then I had another like little digital camera, but like everything that was on my phone is gone. And that like towards the end of the trip, the my batteries on everything was dead except my iPhone. So like all of the jungle pongo section and like that those beautiful it was just so beautiful. But I don't yeah, have any amazing. photos of that beautiful. Oh, that's a bummer because I was like always. I know. Because I took great photos, but yeah, but they were stolen by those children. (laughs) It's like, it's like if you get mugged, you you want them to give you back your ID card, and they want and you want them to give you back your keys, and you want them to give you back your phone for yeah yeah because the phone was like at that point it was like the newest it was the newest most expensive iphone and it had the largest um amount of storage so it was like the 256 gig right so it was like the most valuable iphone currently out and they really and it was brand new because i just got it you know, within, within the last 12 months. And they, so they really got like a very valuable piece of electronics that I, you know, in Ecuador, I don't know how much they could have gotten for it. I, I would hope a lot. Like there was part of me that was like, well, I hope they got their money's worth. Oh. Hello. Welcome Hello. to the podcast. Welcome to the jungle. Well, yeah, we are talking about the jungle. We're talking about the jungle, getting mugged, and uh, that's pretty much it. Do you have any um, experiences that were shady or scary in your travels? No. Me? No. I thought that was Justin. Did he hang up? Is he going to respond to us? Justin? Justin? (laughs) Justin, are you here? (laughs) Justin, can you hear me? It looks like he's connected, but maybe he's muted. I can hear him. He said hello, and then he went away. He said, I'm trying to talk. It's not letting me say anything. Whose phone is that? He left. His, um, I bet it's his, like, Bluetooth. We'll just okay. edit it out. Am I live? You're live. Oh my we're god! Live. Can you hear me? We're live. Yeah, we were trying to ask you. Did you hear our question? Um, no, I didn't hear your question, but I'd love to give you an answer. Um, have you experienced any kind of scary or threatening experiences, shady experiences during your travels in other countries? Oh yeah, um, most of those America. most of those shady travel experiences have been with a certain lady named Amanda Alvey. <laughs> um, so okay, we're not talking about when you stole um, five hundred packs of Chick Fil A sauce from the under the counter at the Chick Fil A. You know, desperate times called for Colorado desperate State. measures. Um, I, I, I didn't have an option other than to take the chicken and Polynesian sauce because I also went in and told them that 
they didn't give us the order, and then they doubled up. Yeah, yeah, you did. You stole food. First, you stole sauces, <laughs> opened the cabinet, and stole extra Chick-fil-A sauces and Polynesian sauces. And then we went into the car, and we were like, we have so many sauces. And he's like, we, you know what we need for these sauces? More chicken. So he went in and he said they gave us the wrong order, and then they gave him a whole other order that we had just received with with double chicken. So we ended up with like seventy chicken nuggets. <laughs> um, and, oh but my hey, gosh! How many you know, like I want everyone listening to this podcast to know that sometimes you just need to have the calories. You need to have the fuel, and that's okay. Yes. Don't ever. Don't for everyone yeah. listening to this podcast. Don't ever sacrifice your own health. Both don't ever health. turn down an opportunity to scam chicken nuggets out of Chick Fil A. Chick Fil A, like never turn down that opportunity. Steal all the sauce and Steal all, the, all the hate chicken. Yeah, it's true. It's true. And and whoever is in charge of this, the Chick Fil A drive-through should be in charge of the coronavirus vaccine. That is that is true. Um, Somebody, no, I read a story that a Chick Fil A manager actually did intervene at. It, I don't know if it was a vaccine site, but it was something that was getting backed up, and it was it was a Chick Fil A manager. Hold on, I'm gonna I'm I gotta look it up. Even though- well, while well, well, you're looking that up, unfortunately, I have to I have to leave this podcast. Um, I'm about to walk into my yoga class, so deuces. Um, but it's been great. It's been a great collaboration. I can't wait for episode two. See you that sounds good. Two. Bye. Yeah, it was a drive-through COVID site, and the the um, traffic got backed up. So a Chick-fil-A manager helped the COVID vaccination clinic. They need to take – it's like – this is like the Avengers Endgame. We need, like, the Chick-fil-A drive-through people. We need, we need like, the people – like, you know how they – like, at bars they have, like – shots yeah skis everybody can take them at the same time they need that for the covid hands up in a line and (laughs) you just all get injected simultaneously yeah like just they need to get all the experts at certain things into one room and they need to design where do they inject it is it just injected into the muscle then we should just so. you, you everybody. It should just be a machine that pumps out and and you just inject it into your ass because it is so easy. That's much yeah. easier than an arm. So everybody just stands, lines up, puts your butt against the butt the butt outline, and then it just goes pew. And then you move on, and then the next <laughs> one comes pew. I was telling Henry like it would be safer if we just did it like with like a vet does it for like a rhino that they need to put out where like there's like ever you just walk into like um a rodeo like area and then somebody will spit a dart gun at your butt and then that's like definitely six feet apart and like it's not going <laughs> to endanger anybody and and then you just remove the dart yourself 
And you, yeah, you remove the jar yourself. Just put it in, in like a sterile yeah. biohazard box. I, I think that's a great idea. And then if you could get like like a you know semi-automatic dark one. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, so here's my other question then. So the vials of the vaccine, why are they so small? You, they're shipping out these teeny tiny little. Have you seen these vials? They're like an inch and a half no, tall. So. To look it up. It makes no sense unless there's some reason why the vials would need to be so tiny. Like, why would they not? I feel like you could get more vaccine out of the factories, you know, get them out for if you were not having yeah. to put them in such tiny, multiple tiny bottles, and then those bottles are taking up so much space. Like, why not do like a, you know, half Ha- double the size or triple the size of a vial and send those out. So then you're, and then that's saving on time with like, first of all, storage space in, you know, a whatever refrigerator that they're keeping these things in. Then you're, you know, you've got it defrosted and you're pulling from one vial multiple shots. Without having to go to another vial, then you're saving yeah. time. You could potentially have more appointments. I see. Like if yeah, if I'm if I'm standing here with one pickle dryer, I'm just like, here's a pickle, here's a pickle, here's a pickle. I mean, as opposed to like a pickle dryer that holds three <laughs> pickles, then I gotta go get another pickle dryer, open up the yeah. another one. <laughs> <laughs> no, I want pickles. I have no idea. I don't know. I don't get any of it. I'm, I don't know anything about the science. I just know that I want the shot and I'm not going to get it. My dad, so I have two family members who received their first dose and now are behind in getting their second dose. I don't know if it's because of the storm or because... They um, are sending dosages to more places. And so the original facilities that were receiving dosages are now receiving less because it's been more spread out. And then they were they, they assumed they were going to be getting the same shipments and now they're not or whatever for whatever reason i think there's a lot of things that it could be as to why i think the storm is probably a big part of it but both both my father and my uncle have had their first dosages and and were supposed to get their second and have so my uncle i don't know if he got the moderna or the pfizer vaccine because Pfizer, he was, Pfizer, you know, they were saying, get your second dosage two weeks later. And he received his first dosage first. Like, he was, he was the first of my family members to receive a dosage. And then my father received one um, on the 20, I want to say it was the 20th of January. So he's supposed to receive his second dosage either today or tomorrow. 
and they told him they don't have they don't have the supply. I wonder if that messes with. The, I think it like, does. You know. So then it's like. Well, I don't know if it's wasted. wasted, or if it's just you know not at not ninety five percent effective. If it's going to be more like eighty yeah. or seventy, you know. And I know Henry's parents just got it, both of them, but. They had to wait a really long... They had to wait, like... Wow, where did they go? I think Marlon's... The oh, stadium wow. in Florida, Marlon's play. 12 hours? It was... A, I don't know if it was 12 hours. That's like us in the SNL standby line. I wonder if they played Yahtzee like we did. Did we play Yahtzee? We should have. I brought Yahtzee. the game where you put your mouth <laughs> in the, the mouth guard thing. Yeah. Who was that girl that went with us? Yeah, did you see that guy down Oh, I was just thinking of her. Taylor. I saw those photos and I my mind had completely removed her from any memory of that experience. <laughs> I had zero memory of that person and then i looked at the photos and i was like who is that i totally, I totally forgot, forgot. i i had no idea who she was i was looking at the photos and i was like i have a vague recollection of her face and that's all i had yeah i totally forgot she came but that was it was cool but how weird is it that i remember all of these things about the whole experience. I remember the games. I remember the soup. I remember us going to the bar and taking shots. And I don't remember this person. I don't think she was there the whole time with us. She showed up late, but like she was there for the important parts. Remember, she like was further back in the line. Like she came up to hang out. Oh, so she. Can... What time did she come out? Um, I mean, we got there at like. Five or something, and she probably got there at like seven or eight. Oh, I don't remember that. Uh -oh. Yeah, because I remember her like coming up and like trying to sit with us, and I was like, hey, don't want to be like mean, but this is like very strict rules here. Yeah. You can't just like jump in with us. How come babies just want oh, to stand? When you try to sit and they start crying. Um, Alvia, I emailed oh, you a link to my Marin Yon album. Do you think we should? Do you think we should edit yeah. out Justin's appearance? He interrupted us. Although we did get to talk about funny stuff about Chick Fil A sauce. That's true. Yeah, all right, we'll keep it in. We'll keep it in. I think this is a first, a really good first episode. We touched on a lot of things. I don't, know, I don't really know how to edit this, but I'm gonna figure it out. I don't know if I can edit out the. No, baby we sounds, want but... the babies out. <laughs> oh my God! Yes, he's saying goodbye. Close us out. <laughs> Close us out, okay? Okay, that was good. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. Well, there you have it. Our first (laughs) 40-minute podcast. How did we do it in 40 minutes? I don't know. All right. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night.